morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. What a great video. And uh, this is a once a year thing we do at the Vineyard. Uh, if you're a guest, you can participate or just watch. It's fine. Uh, we uh, normally don't even take up an offering. Uh, we have boxes in the back. People are faithful. They give online. Uh, but once a year, we do a Vineyard auction with our heads up and no, no shame. We celebrate. You know, been praying a lot for Ukraine. Hate the situation. Want God to intervene. Pray for the churches there. But you know, sometimes there's, you want to do something tangible. Well, this is tangible. This is pushing back at darkness. We're going to make a difference because with Convoy of Hope, we're not just partnering with a compassion organization that just does kind deeds. They do kind deeds in the name of Jesus through the local churches. And so we partner with them. We're actually going to have a representative next week that'll be here, a dear friend of ours, and he's going to make the announcement of wherever we get to. We've set a bold, audacious goal at sponsoring 300 children in our church. Last year was our biggest, 240-ish. We made it last year. So we blew it off going for 300. It's $120 a year, $10 a month to sponsor a child. Everybody can't do that. That's, I understand. Some can do a lot more than that. Uh, so, uh, but we're going to, we're going to do an auction, which means be careful if you move, you know, if you scratch your head, that's one kid. If you yawn, that's five. So don't move. We're going to count fingers. So by section, and we, we got, and I'm, I can't tell you where we got to in the first service because I, I just can't tell you. So we'll see if we can outdo the first service because, you know, they're early morning people. They drink lots of coffee and they've been up since four in the morning. And so, you know, you got it. Come on. You, you, you can do it. You can do it. So we want to get to, to uh, 300. So, uh, and, and you won't know until next week if we made it. I know that's mean, but you could go online and we'll put out uh, uh, information. So this, it, it, this means I'm sponsoring one child, $120. This means two, three, you got it. Okay, we're going to do it by the section. I'll count your fingers. Then you can take, and you're, you're self-explanatory. If you have any questions, Pastor Jason, or you can talk to me, we'll point you in the right direction on how to do it. If you've already on an automated, ongoing, sponsoring a child uh, and we have a number of you that are, pretend like you're, we're not asking you to do more, but just hold up. If you're already automatically sponsoring two children, then go ahead and put up two fingers because we know we'll count on that again for this year. So you're not adding two, you're just clarifying. So pretend we don't know you're already doing that and then whatever fingers that you put up. I don't know why I always start on the left because I'm left-handed, but we're over here. Okay, fingers all the way. How many are we gonna do? Start at one, six, is that four? You're making it hard on me. Six and nine, 15 uh, and four. Is that four? 15, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Is that two different? 20, so six, so 28, uh, 29, 30. Someone in the back, did I get 32, 33, 34, 35? Wow, that's pretty heavy for this side. Alan, did I miss you? I didn't miss you. I got you. I got you. 35. Okay, this section. It's a bigger section. Okay. Five, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and fives, 23, and ones, 24, 25, and five is 30, 31, 32, and 10, 42, 43. Wow. 
What's that total so far? 78. Jason's back there. He's cheating. He's got his computer out. It's not that smart. Don't let him impress you. Just because I can't add. Total up to here. He had to look again. Total. Yeah, just this 78 to here. Okay, this side, 78. So am I counting? Yeah, I'll just count and then he add. All right, keep them up. All right, one, two, three, and 10, 13, 14, 15, 16. How many did you have in the white? 17 and 5, 22, 23, 26, 27 in the white, uh, 28, 29, 30. 30 in this, so total... 108, 108, wow, come on. Let's see this side. They, this side sang louder than this side, we'll see. Oh, maybe because I was sitting here, okay, all right. All right, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and five, 16, 17, 18, 19, what is that in now? 20, and, 20, and Genesis, you, you were just doing that for her. 20, so this service, no, no, don't talk. Oh, online. I'm sorry. I thought he was going to give away. It's like, wow. We had to take that computer from him. Online. Go ahead. Three online. Thank you, online. I didn't mean to leave you out. You're not too late. Text in how many you want to do it. We'll get the info to you. So again, this service total? 131. 131. You got to come back next week. Did they make 300 or not? We'll see. We'll see. It'll be exciting. That's just all I got to tell you uh, next week. All right, we good? Everybody happy? I, I, do you feel that? That's a big deal. I mean, we, and we have fun, we go through it real quick. Just one. But to be able to come together, and we can do so much more together than if we just do things individually, and there's lots of causes out there and all that, but I, I love to go in with a cause that we believe in, uh, like Convoy of Hope. And uh, it's just, uh, just a thought of pushing back in these countries of little girls like that, that not just that they're going to be fed and educated, but they teach agriculture, which is amazing. They empower women to come out of poverty and, and learn to do businesses. And they, they, but they, they do it all through the local church. And so we're just honored to be a part. Okay, last week. We started in Luke to get to Joshua, which if you know anything about the Bible is a long ways apart. So, but we're going to review just real quick in Luke, what we looked at last week, because I want to look at the eyes of Jesus and how he viewed his mission is the same mission that God's been on since the, the beginning of restoring those that have been held captive by the enemy. So I want you to get this lens to look through, then we're gonna go to Joshua. So I wanna remind you, last week Jesus was using the story, he was casting out demons, they called him a demon, and he said, let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me describe my ministry in terms that you can relate to. You can all relate to someone that's powerful and strong that can guard their property and keep their possessions safe because they're well-armed, they have security, security dogs, fences, electric fences, surveillance, sharpshooters, weapons, all kinds of armament, locked, boarded up, guarded. That's a fortress. Jesus describes Satan that way in Luke chapter 11, verse 21. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, 
His possessions are safe. Verse 22. But when someone stronger, I mean, every time I read that, I just kind of, I just feel this, this just, it just, I, I'm a feeler. I live by faith, but I'm a human. And in spiritual life isn't meant to be devoid of feeling. You can't live by them, but you better have them. It's like marriage. You know, sometimes you just walk in faith and obedience and other times it's like, whee! I like the whoopee times. I mean, they're fun. Sometimes it's hard. It's oh me. But I like the whoopee. Woo! Faith is like that. It's not always woo! Sometimes it's oh. But to know and to feel this verse when someone stronger steps in the room to attack and overpower and take away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils, or we could use the word plunders his house. Matthew calls it robs him of his possessions. You could talk about Jesus the thief. He came to rob, except he's coming to get what's already his. He's taking it back. Now, with that in mind, I want you to see Go with me, if you're following your Bibles, to Joshua 2, that God, it's his mission that he's been on since the book of Genesis. And Joshua chapter 2, we're going to tell a, a, a story that if you've been in church hardly any of your life, you've probably heard the story, and as a child, you've heard about the walls of Jericho falling down, and, and the book of Joshua is a book about a holy war. And he said, there's no such thing. Well, if God's involved in it, there is such a thing. And God's leading his people to take back the land that God said belonged to his people. He, he's attacking darkness. He's going to strip them of their defenses. He's going to overpower them. And he's going to take back what belongs to God, he's going to give it to his children. This is God on a mission, bad to the bone. This is God you don't mess with if you're evil. Now, I want to give you two words this morning, not to try to impress you because I'll probably mispronounce both of them. I'll spell them correctly, but they're two big concepts. One is the word haram, H-E, long E, R. E-M, haram. I think it's, it's haram, haram. Anyway, don't correct me. Uh, and don't Google it because I don't care. Haram. It means something that is irrevocably devoted to God is harim. It's under the ban. When God made a ban on something, he said it, all this is completely devoted to me. Now, oftentimes that means to be Devoted to him to be destroyed, sacrificed. When, when Abraham uh, offered Isaac, Isaac was under the ban, so to speak. It wasn't I, that Isaac was evil. God just said, he's more mine than he is yours. And I want him. And then when Abraham went to sacrifice him, God stopped him. The, the ban is what Joshua is marching under. In Deuteronomy 20, you can read it in your own time, God describes when you come to a city like Jericho, offer them peace. But if they refuse it, harim, it's all mine. Go in, take the city and destroy 
everything that has breath and everything else, burn it. Except for the silver, gold, and bronze, that goes into the treasury of the Lord's house. That's what he told them to do to Jericho. They're on a mission from God. When they cross that Jordan, they're coming to get what God said is his. They're on a mission. So with that in mind, I'm gonna, I'll introduce the second word later in the story. They're on a mission to destroy Jericho. Now this story of Jericho is basically the whole book of Joshua. It's an entire, in a picture, in a nutshell of what God's going to do in the rest of the book. And it's a picture, I think, of what Jesus described as we read in Luke about spoiling the house of the enemy. Now, in Joshua 2, verse 1, then Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went And they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come out to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out those men who came to you and entered your house because they've come to spy out the whole land. And she goes on. She hides the spies. So we'll get to that in a minute. Now, first, Joshua picks two to go. Now, what do you think criteria was? He was part 40 years earlier of getting picked of the 12 that went to spy out this land. And remember, 10 came back with an evil report. Well, it was evil, not because it wasn't true. It was evil because it lacked faith. Do you know something can be evil that's true that leaves God out? That's what the word un godly means. It's not that you're robbing banks and pillaging people, but if you shove God out of your life, then you're ungodly. You may have a form of godliness, but if you deny him by not yielding to him as the Lord of your life, you're ungodly. So Joshua picks two men. They had to be loyal. He's not going to pick people and they had to be courageous. These are warriors. This is, a, this is a risky mission. They're going into the enemy's territory. They couldn't have brought weapons. There's just two of them. They're in disguise, but obviously not very well disguised. The word gets out. And why do they end up at the, uh, at the prostitutes? Or we don't, other than men come and go in a house like that. Now, I don't know in this city whether, whether it was looked upon, you know, maybe somewhat favorably. We're talking about a city given over to evil. This is a pagan idol worship demon-possessed people that brutalize children, rape, pillage. These are bad people. This, if it was cancer, it's beyond stage four. These are people malignant, given over to darkness. You've got to understand that that's, this is a cancer in the land that if it's left, will continue to contaminate, pollute, soil, influence it's 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 like leaving a a a a, a big tumor if you if you left went around the rest of the life and you left this tumor of jericho and so god in his in his mercy you're going to see this in a minute attacks the city now this where's this woman come from she she's a she's never mentions a husband she's a hooker she runs the hooker joint 
She's a, she's a house of prostitution. She's got to be filled with brokenness and pain. If you know about sexual brokenness, it brings all kinds of pain. That's the reason God has parameters on sex like marriage. But in our cultures that's smarter than God says, we'll just put a different letter by our name and identify as something different and we're still protected. No, you're not. You're not in the protection of what God said is what marriage is meant to be. These people are way beyond that. They're into every kind of perversion imaginable. This is a dark place and she lives there. It's her people. But something had been happening. Look as she hides. She chooses to risk her life. She hides these spies. Pick up the story in verse 8. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. That's 40 years earlier. We've heard about you coming out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. That's our word for harim. They were under the ban. You destroyed them. You annihilated them. And she said, we've heard. Now, she describes the hearts of the people that she lives with that when they heard what happened to them, let me see a hand. What does he say happens to the, the people when they heard about the things God's doing through this nation of Israel? What did they, what happened? Let me see a hand. Nobody, nobody. It's not deep. Yes. Their hearts melt. So what describe, give me that, give me a today, I, give me a today definition of that. They're anxiety attacks. They're, so they heard of the power of the living God, Okay. They heard about this. They, remember, they, they, they worship local deities, the God of this, the God of that, the God of this. And they're hearing about this God that defeated Egypt. And in their hearts, they pulled away from him in fear. Now see, this is what Jesus walked on the scene knowing when he met darkness and the darkness trembled, he didn't tremble. He, and the demons cried out, Jesus! Have you come to torment us before our time? I wrote yes in my Bible. The demons believe and tremble. They know who Jesus is. The God of Israel ruling over this people. The darkness in, these are humans that are manifesting what darkness is feeling because light is coming. Like I said last week, when Jesus kicks their door down and says, I'm coming for you. He's not messing around. He's coming for darkness to conquer it. Now, what happened in Rahab's heart? Why wasn't she afraid? She leaned into, I want to know this God. He started whispering to her at night. He started opening her up. She started responding to his love. Let me, if you get this, it'll unlock the whole book. Really, it'll unlock the whole Bible. The whole story of Joshua, let's say it this way, the whole story of Jericho, she's always been kind of the side story that's intriguing. She is the story. She is the reason 
that God's going after Jericho. She's not the whoops or a serendipitous, wow, look at just happy accident. Well, what, who do you know? There was a woman in there that had faith. How do you, what do you know? She hid the spy. What did it take to hide the spies? She had to R-I-S-K, which we've been trained in the vineyard. John Wimber, who founded us, he said, you spell faith, R-I-S-K. Remember we talked about that first step when you step and when they cross the Jordan, they're gonna have to take that step. It's, it, it's courageous to stand up and say, I say yes to Jesus as Lord. It's courageous to say, I'm gonna get baptized. It's courageous to say, I'm gonna confront my sins. It's courageous to say, I'm gonna go get counseling. It's courageous to say, God, I struggle reading your word. Would you help me? It's courageous to resist temptation and darkness coming at you. And so here's a woman that's got more courage than most Christians. She says, I know. She acts like God's already been there, already beaten. The wall's already fallen. The battle's already over. She, look, look at it again. She says in verse 9, I know that the Lord has given this land. How do you know? How do you? Faith. She believes what God said is going to be done. And then she says in, in verse 10, we heard, you're going to, you, you, verse 11, when we heard of it, our hearts melted, everyone's courage failed because of you, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you, show, that you will show kindness. Here's my second word. Harim or Haram is the ban. It's devoted to destruction. It's an irrevocable ban. It's going to happen. Judgment. But God also has Hased. I write about this in The Power of Ugly in our book. Hased is more, it, it take, you can't translate it in one English word. So they'll write loving kindness, they'll write love, they'll write faithful love, they'll write. It's a word that means, I, I translated it, uh, and I, I picked this up from somebody, I probably, uh, uh, Eugene Peterson, but it's, it's love filled with steel. It's a courageous, faithful, trustworthy love. It's a love that's not mushy. It's not like a gel, oh, love you. And then treat them like, dogs. But I love you. No, this is a faithful love that makes an oath. And it, it confronts the harem. When the ban is banned, then the only thing that can trump the ban is the mercy. The only thing that can take judgment and turn it into deliverance is mercy. When you see this story, it's not God's conflicted. God wants this woman. He wants to restore her. I titled this message, Rescuing Rahab. And I told our band, you know, if I could, have a, if I could start a Christian rock band, I'd name it Rescuing Rahab. I can't play anything and I can't sing, so I'm probably not going to have that band. But in my mind, I have it. And I'd have a song about the, about the mercy of God that goes after the least likely. She's not the king. She's not the business people. She's not the, she's a hooker. She's a pagan witchcraft focused, palm reading, stargazing, Ouija board looking at, whatever they did. I don't know what they did back then in dark, but she's in darkness. 
She's been raised in it. Worshiping this idol that they throw their babies into the fire. This is a, this is a broken, if you're picking a team and you get to pick anybody in the land, you're going to pick her? God does. He picks the least likely. And she shows her faith by taking a risk and hiding the spies. She's showing where her loyalty is. What is this going to cost her? Everything. She's putting it all on the line for a God she can't see. For a people she doesn't know. For a place that she's going that she's never been. She's being rescued by a God whose love is relentless. He'll knock down every wall, tear down every door. He's about to kick open the prison door and say, Rahab, you're free. That's what judgment does. That's what God intends. We've seen it. We're going to talk more about it next week. But I want you to see what happens. So she, she look at this. So God, she says, swear to me, verse 12, that you will show kindness, said to my family because I've shown said to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all who belong to them that you will save us from death. And I wrote, plundering the enemy's house in my Bible. This is what Jesus meant. Now, this is, this is a woman that could have been happy to have found personal salvation and hope, deliverance. But she wasn't satisfied with just knowing her soul was safe. She gives us the witness of what God intends for all of us. Listen to me. There's a massive difference between having a personal relationship with Christ and an, and, an, and an individual, private relationship with Christ. Having a personal relationship is wonderful. He's my Jesus. I love him. He's my Lord. But he's also our Jesus and our Lord. And if you, many people today, they just, me, Jesus, and the Bible. That's all I need. No, you need you, Jesus, the Bible, and his people, his church. As weak and broken, as flawed as the church is, we were never meant to get saved and stay alone. We were meant to belong with the people of God. And Rahab says, I'm not going out alone. I want my daddy to come with me. I want my mama to come. I want my brothers and sisters. I want all that belong. There's grandchildren here. There's servants. There's other hookers involved. This woman shares the love of God, the hope of the living God with those around her. And she says, you make an oath to me. You swear to me. Now follow this. I love this woman. Save us from death. Verse 14, our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we'll treat you hased, kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope. She tells them to go the other way so they'll be safe. Verse 17, they say, then the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, 
You have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Unless you have brought your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head. You can write Jesus right there. Your blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from the oath we made and sweared. And she agreed and replied, let it be done as you say. She sent them away. And when they departed, she tied a scarlet cord in the window. And someone just went, that's why it's on there. I wondered that. I haven't heard a word you've said this morning because I've been worried. Why did they tie that ribbon on the communion cup. Now you know. Mystery solved. There are deep secrets at the vineyard, and we let you in on them slowly. This cord is to represent that scarlet cord. Listen to me. There's not a a, a richer, fuller expression of the power of communion, the cross, than this story. If you're in the house... That's in Christ. It's like Noah. You got saved in the flood one way. Get in the boat. Noah had two messages. He preached for, what is it, 120 years, two, two messages. You think I'm repetitive? He only had two. I tell the same stories over because you only got so many stories in life and I don't like telling other people's stories. So you have to recycle with me and pretend you've never heard them before and don't go, oh, I've heard that one three times but can you tell it as good as I do? Yeah, I tell it better. Okay, then you don't have to listen. All right, so Noah had two messages. It's gonna rain. They'd never seen it rain. What an idiot. It's gonna rain. What's your word today, Pastor Noah? It's going to rain. What's his second message? Get in the boat. It's gonna rain. Get in the boat. I can't give you any safety, any protection outside the boat. It's not how good you can swim. It's not build your own refuge. Rahab said to her mama, mama, you gotta come in the house. Well, I like staying in my own bed and that's kind of a creepy house. You got a lot of creepy people come in there. Mama, if you don't get in my house, you're not gonna be saved. You stop worrying about what kind of house you're getting into when you know that it's the place of safety. Rahab invited friends, I'm sure, that didn't come. What a heart. I want to be like, I want a church like Rahab. I want to be like Rahab. I want to say, yeah, I don't want to just go to heaven and go alone. I love what Rick Warren, wonderful pastor in in California, he calls it apology evangelism. Some of you need to try this. You have a dear friend that you've never told about your faith in Jesus to your friend. Or it could be a neighbor or someone you work. And he says he suggests doing it this way because he did it. He went to a neighbor. He said, we've been friends for a lot of years, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've shared a lot together. Yes, we have. I need to ask you to forgive me. And the friend goes like, what? No, I I really, I need to ask you to forgive me. And it's genuine. I need to ask you to forgive me. For, For what? Forgive me because I've been holding something back from you for all these years. I've never talked to you about the most important thing in my life. By now, you've got their attention. You're humble. You're not condescending and you're honest and you tell them about what Jesus means to you. 
Now, what they do from there, that's between them and God. But if you go to heaven and never told your friend, if you go to heaven and never told your family where you stand, what you believe in, it cost me to talk to my family about Jesus. It cost me. We had massive confrontations at Thanksgiving and, and you know, I had a, a relative that loved to provoke me. And, and I, you know, I just, it, it was painful. But I was gonna take my stand. I, on my watch, I told every friend I had. On my watch, I told my whole 10-year reunion. I told all of them. And I started it with humility. And I just said, I need you to I ask you as a group to forgive me. I was a horrible person in high school. And, that, you know, they were nodding their heads. And people were out, yeah, I was an idiot. We have other words we could use, but... And the class president's tapping his watch like, you know, you're just supposed to say the prayer, not preach. And so I'm apologizing. People don't stop you when you're apologizing. Your friends aren't gonna go, I can't believe you apologized to me. I can't believe it. How rude you were. You humbled yourself, you were kind, and you apologized to me. That's, that's terrible. No, nobody's gonna get mad. And then I said, I just need to share with you that I found the Lord Jesus in my life and he's changed me and forgiven me. I hope that you'll forgive me, but I know He's forgiven me and he can change your life as well because those that knew me had seen what I was and what I am. Those that knew Rahab saw a new look in that woman's eyes. They saw a smile on her face. They saw confidence in her life. They saw clarity. They didn't know what to call it, but it's faith. It's a relationship with the living God. And she says, you've got to get in. There was conviction. There was certainty. This wasn't one of those, well, whatever, church, that well, we just try to be nice to everybody. Then you're nice to nobody. If you're nice to evil, then evil will rule over you. You're not nice to evil. We had to take a guy down Thursday night that was, was hurting, about to hurt people, about, about swung at one of our pastors, and our security team had to take him down. And he went down hard, hard. Had to call an ambulance, cops. He's like, I can't believe I got wrestled down in church by men. Yeah, well, you come here to do harm, you're gonna end up on the ground. They didn't do anything offensively. All they did was defended. When he put hands and swung at our pastor, down he went. And they did their job. I increased their pay. <laughs> From zero to more zeros. But, <laughs> but I thank them. They just happened to be two retired cops that you didn't want from New York. There's a put that on the list. Don't mess with a retired New York cop. If you look up stupid in the dictionary, it's mess with a retired New York cop. And they loved on him and we mopped up the blood. So I'm in here, it's Thursday night, I'm watching it. They did their job because I tried to get it in the middle of it and they said, Pastor, we got this. I'm like, okay, okay, backed up. And Charles is up here, your hubby. He's up here and he's just done, he's not sure he's one. I said, I'm in the back, I'm like, start singing because everybody, the crowd's gathering and we had someone guarding the door. They put up black curtains to stop people from seeing the scene. You know? And so Charles finally, yeah, okay, he starts with, and I mean, I'm traumatized now and I got to go, and I'm preaching the message I preached last week on Thursday night about Jesus comes to attack, overcome, strip, and, and, and <sighs> you talk, but that night, 
We ended the message with a baptism. The night, the week before, Pastor Jason preached and had a young man stand, give his heart to Jesus, and he came. And so Pastor Jason's in the back giving his testimony to the cop about how he took this guy out single-handed, and the, the guys came along after he had him on the ground in submission just to look good. So he's telling the, the cop the story. He hears baptism. He tells the cop, excuse me, I've got to go baptize somebody. He's running in. I don't know this. Now he's running in the door. And I'm up like, oh, my gosh, now what's going on? He's running down here to get part of the baptism service. So we baptize the guy. And then this other young man, never been baptized, had given his heart to Jesus. Uh, he's, from, where, he's from Brazil. No, Colombia, Colombian. And he comes, and we baptize him. What a night. Blood on the floor, cops, ambulance. And Jesus in the house. And you know, that's just what the vineyard is sometimes. Is that messy? Yeah. But you know what? God loves to step into messes like Rahab's life and say, watch what I do. We're going to talk more next week what God does with Rahab. It's a, it's a great rest of the story. I just want to get you to this final note, what she says to them. When she says in verse 18, they said, unless we come and see that you've tied the scarlet cord in the window and you've brought your family inside your house. And let's say, see that verse 21. She says, I agree. Let it be as you say. And she sent them away and they departed and they, she tied the scarlet cord. Listen to me. This, this, is, this is a weapon that defeated powers of hell that she could have never beaten in her own strength. This is a weapon that destroyed false gods, idols, and demons. This is a weapon that overthrew a king, his soldiers, his army. This is a woman that had a weapon of a scarlet thread that saved her family, saved her out of a lifestyle of ruin and destruction. Jericho is Rahab's story. She's not the side story. She is the story. I've never seen that. I've preached Rahab. I've, I've never, this week it hit me as I'm, I'm like, she's the whole point. I always saw her as secondary. And most commentaries you'll read, they get off on all little nuances of, yeah, could she have really been an innkeeper? Yet the New Testament calls her a prostitute twice. Well, maybe she really was just an innkeeper. We couldn't say God saving a hooker. And, you know, well, Jesus did it all over the place. And, and so anyway, she's the side story in most people's view. It's intriguing. But boy, when you can get the whole concept that God's marching on a land because, yes, it's under a ban of harem, but he's got hased driving him on a mission of mercy. It's a mandate that rescue Rahab. I'm coming. I'm coming to attack Jericho. But why? I'm coming to overpower Jericho. But why? I'm coming to strip them of their arms, tear down their walls. Why? Because I'm going to plunder them and rescue Rahab and all that want to come with her. I'm on a mission of mercy. When you can see that about God, you look at things through a different pair of lenses that what God's up to is a lot different than what Satan's up to. And God came for if it just, if no one had come in her house and she rode that, that, it didn't matter. It was just Rahab to the, the God to the rescue for Rahab, rescuing Rahab. But rescuing Rahab led to rescuing this person that led to rescuing that person. And generationally, 
It's changed lives, and we'll talk about that more next week. So let me just come to land the plane here and say, when we take communion, this is our scarlet cord. This is our blood over the doorpost that they did in Egypt to be rescued from the death angel. This is our symbol of God's promises that he made. He gave us this symbol. Like the rainbow is a symbol that God made a promise that he'll never destroy the world again with a flood. This cup and bread is a symbol that God made a promise. He keeps his promise. That's his hased. That's his mercy that nothing can break it. His promise, his oath undergirds his mercy. So anybody not get a cup? Because we want you to participate. Those online, if you didn't get one mailed to you, we'd love to do it next month. Let us know. But this month, go find something, anything. Did anybody get missed on the way in? Hold up your hands. We'll just get them to you. Just keep them up till someone gets a cup in your hand, one for everybody. The rest can take the little, the bread part, the little circle off. I learned it the hard way last time. I opened the bottom first. And I ha- what would you do then? You're up here. You're on live television. Millions of people are watching. Could be. And you open the wrong side of the communion cup. For 20 bucks, I'll tell you what I did. But I'm not going to tell you. You sponsor another child, I might tell you what I did. It was very embarrassing. It wasn't a proud moment. It was one of those moments where on the commercials, you want to get away? Yep. Okay. We want to take this opportunity. Anybody still get missed? This is your opportunity to take your stand with the God that Rahab stood with. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Before we take the bread, before you drink the cup, have you said yes to the God that Rahab said yes to? Yes to the God that sent his son on the mission to rescue Rahab's by dying for them. And that our protection against God's judgment is the judgment that Christ took on himself for us. So God's able to forgive us and have mercy on us and give us new hope and new life through Christ. If you've never surrendered to him personally, doesn't matter what your parents did or your spouse has done, but have you said yes to Christ as your Lord? If you haven't, take a moment right where you are before you take his body, receive his spirit. So what do I do, Jamie? You just whisper a simple prayer right right where you're seated. Say, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. I surrender to you. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive my sins. And I stand in the promise that you sealed with your blood that you'll save me. Rahab rested in a scarlet cord. We rest in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for us. Father, bless this bread as we take it that was broken for us. Let's eat this together in Jesus' name. Hmm. Now, if you'll stand with me and to open up your cup. Let's all lift them up before we drink it. 
And that's all for God that, that hallelujah we sang about. On three, we'll say hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is the cup of the new covenant, which is his blood shed for us. As often as we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. We celebrate it. We stand in it until he returns. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Let's drink the cup together. Thank you, Lord. Now, you might, might be here and you prayed that prayer with me. Maybe you prayed it last week, but you've not gone public like Rahab had to. She had to go public with her faith. She had to tie this in front of her home that told everybody where she stood. If you're here and you've never publicly said yes to Jesus as your Lord, if you'll just lift your hand up, you can have this in it or not, and say, I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. Who would like to do that this morning? This is your day to step across the line of faith. I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. Let me see a hand. If you'd like to do that, go ahead. As my Lord. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It takes courage. Courage. Someone else. Someone else. Oh, we're ringing the bell, babe. Come on. Yes, sir. Amen. God bless you, buddy. God bless you. And ladies don't hear this the wrong way. But ladies are usually tend to be more open for I like two men, two spies. Joshua said he picked both of you guys. Come on. Someone else. I say yes to Jesus as my Lord. If I'm missing you, keep it up. Someone will holler at me. There's others. Be bold. I say yes to Jesus. It took a risk for Rahab. I mean, literally, you count up the things this week that she had to reject in her life to say yes to Jesus. Big, big. Her whole culture. Everything. All her false gods. Her friends that wouldn't come in the house. Maybe family that wouldn't come in. Anyone else? Before we sing this last song. I say yes to Jesus. Online, if you said that, prayed that, please text us, let us know so we can celebrate uh, with you. I love this next song. You know, the Bible says in the book of James that even the demons believe and tremble. They, they want us to be bullied. They want to bully us. You know, all bullies are cowards. Behind them is a coward. All evil are cowards. Now, they're too powerful for me. But when I step up in the name of Jesus, they become cowards. All they got to do is blow smoke and act tough and make threats. But the reality is, Christ said, I've come to attack you, strip you, overcome you, and pillage your house. I'm coming for you. Evil will not win. Can't. It's already been beaten. Like Rahab said, I know that God has given you this land. Thank you, Lord. So let's sing this. If you've got somebody in your life that's away from the Lord, like I do, people you care about love, I want you to take this this morning. Family members, friends, co-workers, that you don't want them to miss Jesus. And you take this in your hand as a sign of faith. And you sing in faith 
this song and you put them before the Lord, you bring their souls to Jesus and pray for God to rescue them as he rescued Rahab. Let's worship together.